You're listening to XOXO by The Knot, a podcast exploring love in real life. I'm Whitney Little, and on the show today, you'll meet Chris and Lou Cueva, who, after a chance encounter on a jet bridge in the Boston airport in 2013, married on August 1st, 2015. They hosted a beautiful ceremony, a very desert chic affair in Palm Springs, with touches of travel, cultural heritage, and love in every detail. Their love story is a great one, but it does have some turbulence. Did you guys like my pun? Today, we'll talk to Chris and Lou about their journey to marriage, as well as their communities, some of whom supported them and others who challenged them. Listeners, meet Chris and Lou. This is their story. I really want people to understand that like, none of this just came to be without struggle. Yeah. This love mm-hmm. story definitely had challenges, and we were up against a lot. The only person I really wanted there was my father, and I wanted his acceptance. So up until the day of the wedding, I had no idea if he was going to show up. I had no idea if he was coming, you know, because I didn't know if he was going to be comfortable with it. Chris and Lou, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Hi, Whitney. Thanks for having us. Of course. Hello. Thanks for joining. Hi, I want to first talk to you two about how you met and what you two were doing career-wise at the time, because this is a really a really cute meeting story. So we both are in aviation. Uh, we work for the same company. And it just so happened that this particular month, I, I, I normally would do day flying, which is start and finish at your base that same day. And my base was in Southern California. Lou was based in Boston at the time. And for this particular month, I just so happened to switch my flying to go through Boston and overnight in South Florida. So just for that one month, I switched my schedule up just to do a little different flight and have some layovers. And it was for that reason that I was in Boston on about a two hour sit before my next flight. And I kind of ran into Lou like on the Jeopardy in passing. He was taking my plane out and we have the ability to kind of see who the crew is taking that flight out. So I kind of stalked him a little bit, found out his name, hit the social media and I uh, just kind of hit him up a little bit. But at the time I was dating somebody, so it was, it was kind of tough, but you know, it was just that instant chemistry. And for me, it was kind of like an instant connection. There's just something about him that in passing that kind of hit me. And that's pretty much how it started for me. That's the first time that I encountered him. Mm. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so sweet. I mean, when I remember passing Chris, I was just like, his smile like he's just got a contagious smile and he looks so good in his uniform and I was like please god I hope he's gay because <laughs> and single <laughs> he definitely got my attention and I hadn't seen him before because you know we're based across the country I'm in Boston he's in California so it was a pleasant surprise kind of something out of a movie too like that stuff happens in movies and it literally happened in life it is the definition of a meet cute. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So what happened next? Who kind of made the first move from there? So it's kind of yeah, I guess and the person I guess, invited me out for some coffee and then Yeah. Like, see what of, happened was I ended up I ended up doing the same trip um like a maybe like a week later. So then I just, you know, we we're, were chatting online and um I just asked him, I said, Hey, would you like to get coffee? You know, I just I didn't I just wanted to, to sit down and have a little, you know, just a little connection with them just to kind of meet um, finally. So we did. Again, I had another two-hour set. And it's knowing Lou now and um, how his schedule is so crazy. It was just, 
it was pretty cool that like I was able to, we were able to plan it out at that time at that specific day, because he's so busy. He's always on the go, never in one place for too long. That's kind of how I describe him. He's always on the go. So it was cool to like, yeah. for me to reach out to him and decide, you know, at the airport, this all took place at the airport. It's not like it was in a romantic setting or we went out to like, you know, a coffee shop. It was at the airport in between flights. So that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, yeah, after that, I remember I too, at the time, yeah, your birthday came up. I want to say that was like, yeah, like I a, happened to have an LA layover and it happened to be your birthday night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was like yep. our first like time like actually going out that was like not an airport terminal, like in public and getting to know each other and just as friends. But that was a night that was awesome because I got to see you outside of work and just being yourself and meeting, you know, your friends, your then boyfriend. I mean, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was you pretty know, being fantastic. in California, it's your neighborhood. So it was like, you know, kind of following your lead. So, Lou, you were a little bit friend-zoned at the time? Yeah, yeah. Chris was in a relationship at the time. And, you know, when I laid over in California, you know, he picked me up at the airport and was like, oh, no, I want you to come out. You know, we have a hotel. A bunch of my friends are going to be there, and you're going to have a great time. And it was his birthday, but he made it, like, about, like, us hanging out more so than celebrating his own birthday. And I, I remember that. It was just like that's how Chris is. He's just compassionate and just puts himself, you know, after other people. And even me, like being pretty much a stranger, I felt welcomed. Like he was definitely hospitable and, you know, his friends were definitely a reflection of him too. Like everyone was just so curious and excited that I was there. And again, like I didn't know any of these people. I was just kind of walking in blind, but I felt right at home. Okay. So you've had this trip in LA, finally outside of an airport. And then what happens next? How does this ball get rolling towards an actual relationship outside of a friendship? I had already knew in the back of my mind that this was something I wanted to pursue. I had been in a relationship with my ex who was going on two years. It seemed like, it, you know, things were just slowly starting to not work out. I mean, I was trying to move to Boston for work. He didn't support that. Enough about that. But anyway, so I just, in the back of my mind, like I felt like I felt that this was something that I needed to pursue. I just, I had that instinct in my gut. So, I mean, I knew going into the fact that when I was picking him up from the airport, he's right. I did make it about him because I was more excited of having him there because I felt like there was something that was, you know, I felt something and it was, it, it was confirmed after that. Like it was probably maybe like I was in April, mid April. By June, I was driving across the country. So like it ha everything happened so fast. My ex and I, yeah. I think my ex kind of saw the writing on the wall. Lou flew back out and we went to uh, Long Beach Pride, which is just so happens to be in May. So that was like the middle of May. And I kind of went and, and, and being from Southern California, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody, especially in the gay community. So when him and I were there together, we were holding hands. People kind of were like, oh, are you like, are you and your ex separated? And it was kind of, for me, that was kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, this is, this is really happening and, and I'm not afraid to show it. So we had split up and then Lou and I drove across the country about a month later, you know, I packed up my stuff and, and moved to Boston. The ball really was rolling. The ball really fell really fast. Like everything just kind of happened very quickly, so to speak. So. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely the fast track. I mean, there was a couple of things that stood out for me as well, like around that time. 
I was having a fundraiser and Chris like made the effort to come out and support that. And, you know, when he decided to make that transfer to Boston, that was significant because it's 3000 miles away. He's never lived away from home. And then, you know, I'm kind of like your guide. And instead of living in a crash pad, like other flight attendants and pilots do, which is like just shared living. I said, no, you're going to live with me. Like I have just nothing grand. It's like a studio apartment, but you know, I, I thought like, you know, offering you that could definitely be, I don't know, a way for us to get to know each other more. And yeah, living together, you know, I think that says a lot about relationships too. If you can do that with a partner, you can travel with them, you can live with them. Then I think it sets you up for success when it's time to start a marriage. But yeah, that drive across the country, I think that was significant just because it was like, you really were doing it and having that adventure was awesome. I mean, it was just kind of crazy. Now that we're like thinking back and when we got there, the sun was rising, we were tired, but excited at the same time because like a new life was starting. And then, yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was cool. That was our, you know, cause we, we did the drive moment. and we rolled into Boston on the 4th of July, which is pretty significant for me because especially independence, independence day <laughs> and, you know, me doing something out of my comfort zone. And, and for me, that was the, that was the number one thing that I felt that was missing in my life at the time is I was too comfortable. Uh, nothing was challenging me. I felt like I was just plateaued and uh, meeting Lou, like I saw his business. I saw how he was, you know, how aggressive he was with that. And it was just a challenge. It's a challenge for me. So how long was it from the time you first met to moving in together? I would well, like say fast track for sure. Pretty I fast. Mean, we met, what was that, February? And then yep, February. by July, you were moving in. So that's February, March, April, May, June, July. It's like six months. I mean, yeah. I mean, for, and then if you think about it, like after that, I mean, there was an invite. I was going to my friend's wedding in Hawaii, and that was in October of that of the same year. And Chris is like, you know, I'm your date for that. <laughs> like, I've been to Hawaii. I love it. Like, I want to show you some of, you know, the spots and all that good stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So that's another big milestone for us because on that trip, I mean, my friend's wedding was just stunning and it was just like pretty much like envisioning like what we could be kind of like our future, like just kind of playing out in front of us, you know, attending that wedding. And I think that happens for a lot of other people too, but we left Hawaii engaged. I mean, I remember leaving the beach and Chris was like rambling and I was like, how many drinks did he have? (laughs) You know, and basically he just was like, what I'm trying to say is like, I want you to marry me. And then, I mean, there was no ring present. It was just like spur of the moment. I cried. <laughs> and somebody caught it on camera. It was like an innocent bystander, like catching all of this. And that was, yeah, that was also huge because I mean, you know, being in my twenties, I was like, am I prepared for this? Back in my head, like, I didn't want to say no, like you don't meet people like Chris in life. Like, and I didn't want to let it, you know, let this opportunity pass to be with somebody that is a gentleman and so respectful, family oriented, and just really the change I've always needed. Like Chris said, like, I do have like a very busy lifestyle, a stressful lifestyle, you know, running a business and being an entrepreneur, but he balances that out and and he's able to ground me when I need that. So 
you know, I didn't want to say no, even though it was like, what does this actually really mean? Especially like at the time, like it wasn't even legal in some states to be married. So it was like all that controversy going on, but we kind of pioneered it. Not kind of, we did pioneer, you know, being a couple um, that was in love and, and fighting opposition, either from people that make our laws, even some family members and some friends or colleagues at work that were just like, this is all for show. And it's like, no, it's not, you know, like we met for a reason and we love each other and we're going to do this regardless of what anybody else says. Like, this is what we want. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I know I downloaded a lot right there, but it's just like, I really want people to understand that like none of this just came to be without struggle. Yeah. This love mm-hmm. story definitely had challenges and we were up against a lot and years later now being able to do this podcast and sit with you and talk about it, it really puts a lot into perspective, especially the week of pride, you know, just, it's incredible. We're still together. And one of the things that Chris and I have always told each other and shared with each other is it's easier to walk away when times get tough and it's harder to stay and fight and figure it out, figure out, you know, what problems you have. And that's something that, you know, is kind of like a a staple in our relationship when stuff gets hard, you know, we figure it out. I mean, we've been in really desperate situations with feelings and emotions. And so we figure it out. Like even, you know, we're moving in a week and a half from now and it's been a long time coming, but that's part of our story is that's where Chris is from. And it's time for me now to kind of put my time in over on the West coast and start over and start new. So, yeah. I love it. And I think to your point, you know, being together for so long is a challenge in marriage. So many different things happen. Life happens. And it's a little tough, I think, sometimes for people to wonder, like, should we take that next step and get engaged and get married? Are we ready for that? Are we ready for a forever relationship? And a lot of people say, when you know, you know. But Chris, what was going through your mind when you decided to propose, what made you so confident that this relationship could lead to a really strong marriage? So for me, it was more of the type of person that I felt like I wanted to be. And I felt like, again, going back to, to that plateau and just, you know, I felt like something was missing. There was like a challenge in my life that was missing. And Lou brought that out of me. And even to this day, like, I just feel like each and every day that we're together, like something new is happening, something it's, it's never, it's never the same thing daily. And I just kind of felt like the emotions are here, the feelings are here, the infatuations here. And it, and it was deeper than that for me. I think it was more of a, uh, like an emotional connection. I come from a big family. He doesn't come from a big family. And for me, I also wanted to show him that all of that came together. And I was just like, you know what? This is, this is the person I felt that, you know, him and I could build something together. I could like, like complete, you know, him in a way that nobody can and vice versa. And that's, and that's the beauty of it. And I always tell him there's, there's something that I always say to him is the difference is why. And for me, that's what makes this work is we are totally two different people. We have similar interests, but we each are completely different in the sense that, you know, he he challenges me and I challenge him in different aspects. So for me, that's, that's why I felt like, you know, this was the one and that's why it continues to work. You know, granted, yeah, we have our challenges. Every relationship has our challenges and the way that 
you go through those challenges is what makes makes it work and that's that's what's yeah. worked for us yeah you know, and i love that we respect yeah we respect each other's identities like chris is still chris i'm still lou and then we coexist as you know a couple and i think that that's so important in just giving advice is just still keep your identities and then coexist as a couple and like chris says like we have similar interests and that's when we coexist we both love to volunteer and give back those are things that we're animal lovers we have our dog and and all that good stuff and we're both interested in like the real estate world like there's similar interests but you know chris is you know a, a gym rat he's you know he's constantly working out and meal prepping like that's chris's identity and i respect that and chris knows i'm an entrepreneur i'm constantly programming and placemaking and connecting and problem solving and all that good stuff and that's my identity so it's like you know you bring that stuff into your relationship and honor and respect it i think that's just solid advice as well no it's great advice and Lou, you brought up how you're getting engaged in 2013, right? This is still a time when members of the LGBTQ plus community weren't fully confident that they would ever be able to get married legally, right? So what goes through your mind after you get engaged? I, I know you talked a little bit about the logistics, but were you really comfortable sharing this news with the world or was it a little more private for the two of you? It was both. So that night, I remember going to bed, Christmas snoring, and I remember feeling a little scared, just like, wow, like this, I did this. I did share the news right away. Like I'm on social media. I love social media. I love to storytell. It's, it's on there. So I did tell my family, I did tell friends and there were some naysayers and it did affect me because some of these people are my coworkers and I thought I had their support, but I think that maybe they had other agendas. And so there was that. But I guess, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about everybody else. It's about us. And I had to keep that in mind. And I think over time, there were some things that happened that really changed my mind about being in, in a marriage. And I think that when I was attacked, there was a, a situation, the way that Chris handled that really changed my mind forever. I mean, he took care of me like, my mom would take care of me. And I knew that that was when I loved him. I knew that that was more, it was more than an infatuation. It was more than just my best friend. I mean, this was my husband. He protected me. He took care of me. And I feel like I healed twice as fast um, because I had his support and he was there. Like I actually am like getting teared up right now because like it just was such a huge moment for me and realizing that like Chris was my partner for life. And you know, sometimes it takes evil to bring out the best. And I'm so grateful for that. I mean, it, as difficult as it was, it was a beautiful, you know, change for me. And I thank you, Chris, you know, for, for being there for me. I actually want to unpack that story a little bit more because I know that was a huge turning point in your relationship. Chris, how are you feeling after the engagement? And then I want to go back to Lou, your attack. So after the engagement, I, you know, for me, it just felt right. I felt a little, a little nervous only because, you know, I, we had, we had moved so fast and I'm hundred percent in with my family. Like at the top of my list of priorities is my family. I love my family. I have a great family. Um, we've been through a lot together. Uh, we're a unit. So for me, it was a, I was extremely happy and overwhelmed because this is a decision that I had made, but B two years prior, I was in a relationship and 
you know, my family really liked this person I was with, you know, we went on trips together. So for me, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know how my family is going to take this one. They barely know this guy. And I just proposed to him and now it's on social media. I didn't talk to them. And, you know, how are they going to react? Are they not going to react? I mean, them, you know, not reacting positively, is that going to affect how he, you know, feels and how he, you know, thinks about me? So that was a challenge for me. And that, into the story of our marriage, that, that posed a challenge. That was my, that was one of our biggest challenges was my family. And, you know, I just had to really stick to my guns and just say, this is what I'm doing. And I think so, you know, the, the first feeling I was obviously excited and overwhelmed um, and then the second feeling, which was right there was just, I was a little scared how they were going to react. So. And Lou, how does that, how did that make you feel in the moment to know that Chris wasn't super confident relaying this news to his family the same way you were? I think that, I mean, I, I felt like an outsider, but I also know that things don't happen overnight. I mean, again, like I was a stranger and they're very close. And I think it was just trying to make my best impression and introduce myself however I could. I think me as a person though, like I am not used to those types of settings. I'm like, I am a social person, but with my friends, I can light up a room. But when it comes to like being with my in-laws and my new family, it was hard. It was, it was definitely difficult. I, I was trying to navigate like my place and understand like how they tick and it's taken years. Like I can't say that this was, you know, something that just, I was able to like kind of transition into my new family. And and that's part of why we're moving now. We've been together, you know, for a few years now, we're finally moving into Chris's childhood home and we're going to be two miles from my in-laws. And I think that it's taken time. And my best advice is just give it time, be patient. And, you know, I think that there's, we've all learned a lot from all of this. Lou, you mentioned this attack that happened. I'm not sure how much you want to share about it, but I think it was such an important moment in your relationship. So can you kind of walk us through start to finish as much as you feel comfortable? Yeah. You know, I I just want to just share that I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was trying to stand up for what was right. And I got mixed in the crossfire of things. I think what's important to take away from all of it is what happened after from being hospitalized, being unable to work and just do daily functions using my hand. You know, you don't really consider all those things. I think we kind of sometimes take those things for granted. And that was a moment for me to like put things into perspective that I'm temporarily disabled. And I had to rely on, on my, on my spouse take care of me. And that really just triggered so many different emotions for me. Sometimes feeling feeling like a victim can, I don't know, just trigger different things in people. But for me, I, it really brought me to a place where like, I felt loved. I felt supported. I felt protected. And that was a big change um, in how I felt about Chris. And I know that it, wasn't, it may sound kind of, I don't know, different to hear that it, it was months later from when we initially met. And it wasn't this instant, I'm in love with you, but that's probably the moment for me, not probably, it was the moment for me where I was like, I'm in love with this person. And so sharing this with, uh, with the listeners, I think is important. Basically just understand that like sometimes when you're put in a compromising position, there's something beautiful in that and just look for that. 
Right. And it's easy to fall in love with someone when life is great. I think it's those mm-hmm. moments of hardship and real change that kind of show you who the other person actually is and can actually deepen a relationship. So mm-hmm. thank you yeah. for yeah, sharing he that. Showed me, he showed me who he really was. Right. And that was awesome. It was excellent for us, for me. Deep breath. (laughs) So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the wedding because this was a spectacular wedding. I'm obsessed with everything about it. So I want to hear from start to finish. Did you have an idea in mind from the beginning or was this something the two of you worked through together? Yeah, I think we both, I think this is just like a mutual thing here because I took Lou to Palm Springs for the first time and he absolutely fell in love with it. And I'd been to Palm Springs many times, you know, being from Southern California, it's a stone's throw away. So for him to see that, he just fell in love with it. And I mean, I don't know how it came about that we decided to do, you know, to figure out that we wanted to do it there at the airport. I don't remember how, you know, we looked into that, but I do know that once we decided that it was going to be an aviation themed wedding because him and I you know, met through aviation, everything just fell into place. And it was just like overwhelming, like just the, just the props, like the place that we had it at and the things that we were able to, to accomplish with them, just like mm-hmm. breathtaking for me personally. I mean, I had a moment where, you know, they were setting, there was some drama with that, like with, with us getting married and we had cameras following us or whatnot, but just, you know, tensions were high, you know, but there was a moment when I was walking with my mother and I don't even think Lou knows this. I haven't shared this with anybody. This is actually the first time I'm talking about it. There was a moment, you know, after all that chaos, when the next day we were going to do a rehearsal or actually this is the morning of the wedding, the the day prior, we were going to do a rehearsal. Uh, The next day we came, this was the day of the wedding. And just from the night before there was there was like something that happened and emotions were running high and I was just drained emotionally. And my mom and I went to the airport and I remember holding her hand and and walking outside and I see the chair set up and I see the ground moving two airplanes together. And I just like, it was just like a, an emotional overload. And I started crying and my mom like grabbed me and she held me. She's just like, maybe this is all for you. You know, let's just make this day about you too. And it was, it was really emotional and just everything, all, all of the, I mean, from the, from the proposal to, to what we had been through, to the, to, to being in the hospital with him when his hand was getting, you know, stitched together and to just seeing those two airplanes come together for us was just like, it was just an out of body experience for me. It was, it was incredible. Definitely. And, you know, just to add on to what Chris is sharing we participate in a documentary, a docu-series that was about our story. And it did add a lot of stress to the wedding. As beautiful as it was, there was a lot behind the scenes that people aren't aware of. And at the end of the day, it all came together. I think we just had, I mean, just additional, you know, layers of stress added because of the documentary. We're grateful that we were able to put our story out there um, because we have gotten so much fan mail and, We've been able to help others, you know, feel comfortable enough to to follow through with their dreams and and all that. I think that having those two planes centered was a significant moment. It was it was us, and I, you could feel us 
throughout the entire experience. And that's what we wanted our wedding to, to be. We wanted people to feel us throughout the weekend. So there was nods to Chris's Mexican heritage and culture and from, you know, the food and the music. Um, we really wanted to heighten senses for everybody. Um, everything that you touched or saw um, or tasted was, there was a reason behind it. And we really were very selective in the partners that we brought in, um, even down to our bow ties. And Chris reached out to um, Project Runway um, designer Mark, Michael Costello to create custom bow ties for us, which was wonderful to include LGBTQ business owner as well, because I respect those types of people. I am one of those people. And so it was just incredible, just perfect. Yeah, I mean, going, going back to how we you know, decided to pick the venue, I completely forgot and I'm staring right at it. So when I went to Palm Springs, and everything is kind of, you know, the way that he operates, everything just pops up like, like if he has something on his mind, he's not going to stop until we finish it. So I took him to Palm Springs. This was his first time there. And he said, guess what? Like what? He goes, we're going to do engagement photos. I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm on, I'm chatting with a photographer now. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So she kind of knew our backstory about aviation. So she said, I have the perfect place to take you guys. And we went to the Palm Springs Air and Space Museum. And I think the minute that him and I walked in there to do the photo shoot, like, we're like, this is it. Like, and we inquired there if, you know, or do you guys do venues here? Do you guys do weddings here or receptions here? And that's when we found out that they did. And this iconic photo that him and I took that hangs in our house was also at the wedding, like a back. It was kind of like welcoming everybody to the wedding. It's a really cool photo in front of a, a World War II aircraft um, and I have Lou kind of like dip down. I'm giving him a kiss. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool photo. And that is how we decided where we were going to pick our venue. I completely forgot about that. Um, mm-hmm. about the, the and that's how we, we, we had, sh- yeah, we had shared the images on our Instagrams and that's where the producers found us to do the docu-series. So it all just kind of fell into place. Like it wasn't something we were actively searching to do. So yeah, those, I mean, those images traveled, no pun intended with the travel, but <laughs> yeah, that's definitely part of the, you know, discovery, the story, I guess, yeah. and how, yeah, how things, you know, came to be. Yeah. I mean, and Palm Springs is, you know, just magical. If you haven't traveled there, um, do yourself a favor, take a time out and go to Palm Springs. You won't Beautiful. be disappointed. I've mm-hmm. never been and I'm dying to go. Oh, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we'll show you around for yes, sure. Please. Yeah. <laughs> you have, I think, all these amazing elements in your wedding from getting married in an air and space museum and kind of these um, nods to different parts of your life. What was happening behind the scenes with your family at the time? Were they an active part of the process and how, how are they working through that with you two? So for me, yeah, I added pressure because we were being followed by cameras and uh, that was a challenging part because, you know, this is going to be put out there for, for a lot of people to see. For me, uh, my sister was a big step, uh, a big help. My mom was a big help. I have two brothers. They kind of were just, you know, they're, they're, they didn't really help out too much, but I didn't expect them to. They were on board with the uh, my father was a challenge because the way that he operated was 
you know, throughout my years, I came out to him when I was 19. So, you know, we, we had worked towards just building a relationship with me being out. And it was just, you respect me, I respect you. He doesn't like it, you know, in front of him, which I completely understand. You know, we, we've, we've gone through, it, it's been a long process. And so I've always had that, you know, idea of, you know, respect him and he'll respect me. So don't come around with the boyfriend holding hands, kissing, which I wouldn't do even if I had a girlfriend. I just, you know, I wouldn't, when I had a girlfriend in high school, like I wasn't kissing her in front of them or holding hands. I just, you know, I keep the affection away because it's respectful. Um, so I, I, that's how I maintain a relationship with my dad. Now, fast forward, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, I'm getting married. And the way that my dad and I have operated was don't, you know, don't, I don't want to see it. And here he is, you know, going to witness his son getting married to a man on television. So that was a huge challenge. My father had zero input on our wedding, zero of the details. I didn't even know if he was going to show up. And that was the whole premise of the show was, is your dad going to come? So it was a challenge in that aspect of like, you know, my father means the world to me. We're a unit. Everything that I know I've learned from him, is he going to be there? So that was the toughest part of, for me. Of, of this wedding was because I don't care who came friends, family. The only person I really wanted there was my father. Um, and I wanted his acceptance. So up until the day of the wedding, I had no idea if he was going to show up. I had no idea if he was coming, you know, because I didn't know if he was going to be comfortable with it. And I, I had to mentally prepare myself for that. You know, if he's not going to be there as I walked down with my mom, like I, I had to be prepared for that. Most people don't have to go through that because their marriage is what society considers normal. And I think for gay couples, it's a challenge. And we have friends as well that have gone through the same thing and their family members have not shown up. So it was just a big challenge uh, for me. And that was always in the back of my mind. And it was just added pressure to, to everything. But at the end of the day, you know, he did show up and it was just the icing on the cake for me. So was there anything big about your wedding day like when you look back on it what was the most memorable moment for the two of you so the wedding day I think the most for me was when we said our vows I Lou it was just it was so cute because Lou's a very well-spoken person like he he's very articulate he takes his time you know he's a really good speaker he can get up and you know he can get up in front of a crowd of a thousand people and just you know he has zero like he has a hundred percent confidence in himself that he's just a really good speaker so when we were doing our vows it was his turn and like i couldn't understand a word he was saying because he was hyperventilating he was like in between tears and it's just like it's almost like this act of like god came took over his body and to me that was the most memorable part because i'd never seen him like this i'd seen him angry i'd seen him happy but i've never seen this emotional side of him which, you know, I am that person. I'm the emotional person. You can ask him, we'll watch a movie and I'll tear up. That's who I am. And to see him, you know, reading his vows, shaking, you know, tears coming out, to me, that was the most memorable aspect or the most memorable part of our wedding. <laughs> I don't even have anything to share or add to that. I mean, that's, that's what it was. Absolutely. I think your tears say enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So something else we talk about when it comes to weddings is registry because your guests obviously want to bring you gifts, whether that's in the form of an actual gift or cash or donations to a charity. There's 
so many different ways they can celebrate your union. But the two of you actually had a really bad experience with this. Can you tell me exactly what happened? It was a nightmare. We did ask for cash. We were going to use that towards buying our first house and taking a much needed vacation slash honeymoon. And we had somebody day of, you know, collecting all of the envelopes and ensuring that they were secure. And then they were given to me in transit between the venue and the hotel slash resort that we were staying at. And somewhere in that transition, they went missing. And we didn't discover that they were missing until the following day when Chris and I were in bed. And we're like, oh, let's read some of the cards while we're having breakfast and coffee. And so I'm looking, 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 and nothing's turning up. I'm asking my best man. I'm asking my mom. And everyone's like, no. like. And so long story short, I mean, they were stolen. Never really solved that mystery. Um, you know, filing a police report and all that stuff is not fun, especially like that's how you're starting your, <laughs> you know, new, newlyweds, you know, starting off kind of with a, a crime because that's what it is, was, you know, difficult. So, you know, advice, I don't know, there's so many different resources um, online and this isn't even like a plug just for you guys, but not if you're, if you offer those types of services, I would suggest and highly recommend to couples to really take an opportunity to research it and invest in it because you don't want to end up in our situation. And I don't know, Whitney, if you have something else to add, I don't know if that service even existed when we got married, but certainly something that we would have considered. You get so caught up in the mix of the wedding and like everything and taking pictures, like your targets, you know, for, for somebody that let's say a worker or like somebody that, you know, is around because nobody's paying attention. They're paying attention to you and you're not paying attention to anything else. So I felt like we were targets. I felt like because we had cameras with us, we were targets. And Mm -hmm. from the, from the transition from the hotel to our room, they were gone. And just like that, like as simple as that. And for me, it was really upsetting because, you know, I don't care about the money, like the money. Yeah. It it affected us a little bit, but Hey, you know what? That's fine. if, if you, you probably need it more than I do. What really affected me were the cards. Number one, my grandfather showed up and I lost him, you know, about a year later and wanting to see what he put in that card to me and him showing up at my wedding was a freaking huge step. And the fact that I didn't get to see what he wrote in there is absolutely disgusting that somebody could just take that from us. I, I could care less. Take the money out, leave the cards there. But that's what affected me. And I cannot stress enough at a wedding, watch your stuff regardless. You know, it's, it can be stolen from you. That's like, like that easy. I think there's two important takeaways here, right? It's well, first, so on the not, we didn't have this at the time. This was quite a few years ago, but now it's very common for couples to ask for cash. And so you can create cash funds on the not registry and you can also kind of segment them. So it's not just like, you know, for one thing, if you want to say, Hey, we're, we want to do a wine tour on our honeymoon, or we want breakfast in bed at this hotel. You can kind of divvy them up that way, which is exciting for the guests, but that's also a safe place for them to be able to make sure they're paying for something and you're receiving the funds. But on top of that, if people want to bring cards to your wedding and a lot of people want to bring their wrapped gifts to their wedding. And so, um, you know, to your point, 
you need someone assigned to watch those things because yeah. it's it is it's such a blur. There's so many people in and out, and you don't even. For some people, they don't even know all the guests in attendance. So you might not even know right. if there's a stranger around or if someone's supposed to be somewhere. So it's a really great point to have someone designated to just keep eyes on the most important aspects of the day. And to that, to your point, it's the money, of course, is a huge loss. But those cards and sentiments from family is irreplaceable. And so it's Absolutely. a really hard lesson learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to transition back to you guys were giving some great marriage advice earlier. And so I want to go back to that because that's how we end every segment. What have you learned since being married? You had a very quick courtship up to your engagement. You obviously went through some tough times during the engagement. But what has married life been for the two of you? And what are the biggest lessons you've learned since then? Oh, boy. So much. If I had to pick a few things. I would say try new things with your partner. One of my values is experiences. I do it for a living and even in my personal life. I think that try new things with your partner, experience life, live for each other, for yourself and each other. And there's no reason why you have to follow society's rule book and what your parents did. Like they lived their life. It's your turn. And there's so much to learn from each other and you don't have to use society's standards, I guess. If, if, does that make sense to you guys? Uh, I think. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Sweet. And then, you know, I think therapy is important. If you have the opportunity to have therapy with your partner before you get married, I think that's awesome. Just like a car needs maintenance and gets an oil change. With humans, it's the same thing. Go get checked on, you know, have conversations up front about, you know, different things, hard things, things that might be a little uncomfortable. Do it early on because I think it's going to just set the stage for, you know, your future. So don't be, you know, intimidated or scared to bring up something that might be a concern or something that, I don't know, it's just, I guess, just having maybe those conversations early on with a therapist, you know, you're going to get tools that maybe you're not taught when you're kid, you know, like life skills and tools, you know, and maybe a therapist can give you that on, you know, when stuff gets hard, like here's a way to bounce back from it. Here are ways to talk to your partner so it doesn't escalate if, you know, you are having a bad day because we all have bad days and, you know, just being able to manage, you know, stressful times when it comes up. I 100% second that. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's just more like, again, it's just like, like Lisa, self-care. You got to take care of yourself to be better for your, for your spouse. And, you know, if I'm not feeling good about myself or if something's not you know, clicking, I try to take care of that, you know, because I don't want it to spill over to him and um, be willing to try new things. Again, the reason why I fell in love with Lou was because he took me out of my comfort zone. And for us, that works. Um, you know, every day is something different. There's never a dull moment. And I think if you have that in your, in your marriage, when you challenge each other a little bit uh, within reason, it, it's, it works. I mean, it works for us, you know, and it's worked. It's been working and it's going to continue working at, at the end of the day. I just kind of sum it up as like Lou and I are like, we have, we're like a little partnership. And I know in the gay community partner is like a strong word. You hear it all the time. I prefer to say my husband or my spouse, but it, it is like a partnership because at the end of the day, we all, we, we both have a common goal and that is to, you know, build a home together 
to build our business together and to lie down next to each other at the end of the night. We go out there and experience so many different things, but it's all for the same goal. And that's just to, to maintain our home and to keep each other happy. So, It's great advice. Well, Chris and Lou, thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing your story. It's so powerful. And I very much appreciate how open you two have been. And congratulations on how many years has it been now? Thank you. Four? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's well, August 1st is our anniversary, so it's around the oh, corner. Oh, my goodness. Oh, congrats. Uh, time flies. Yep. And happy Pride. Thank you so thank much. You, yes, happy Pride. Thank you, and thank you, The Knot, for, you know, spotlighting LGBTQ couples. You know, yeah. we really appreciate that as well. Of course, of course. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you too thank soon. You. Take care. Bye. 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 XOXO is a podcast produced by The Knot, the nation's leading wedding planning app, offering a seamless, all-in-one planning experience. From finding inspiration and local vendors to creating your registry and managing all of your guest experiences like digital RSVPs and photo sharing. The Knot was founded on the mission of helping every couple plan their wedding, regardless of their style, budget, location, culture, or who they choose to marry. For more than 20 years, The Knot has helped empower 25 million couples and counting to plan their perfect celebration. If you're planning a wedding, be sure to download The Knot Wedding Planner app, available for all mobile devices. Now, a word from our listeners. Yeah, you definitely want a website because that's what's going to keep you organized and definitely like keep your guests informed. And The Knot does offer the ability to have your guests RSVP through the website. You can have it either be public or private. So that's really cool. One of our listeners who prefers to remain anonymous shared with us over email, don't keep score. If you're always worried about who does more of what, you're missing the big picture. But at the same time, don't take advantage of your significant other. Do the dishes without being asked and vacuum. Thanks for tuning in to XOXO by The Knot. If you have a comment about our show, tips for making your own traditions, or marriage advice you want to share on air, email us at xoxo at thenot.com. And connect with us on social. Search our handle at The Knot. That's where I am. And on the web at thenot.com. We'll be back next week, so be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our producer, Lauren Nolan, with assistance from Emily Berman. This podcast was recorded in New York City at the Hangar Studios. See you next week.